Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B playbook. Kevin, I can... uh... I can hear a, a bit of something going on at your end. Is that is it raining? What's happening over there? Yeah, a storm just really came in out of nowhere and raining cats and dogs, as they say, uh, lashing rain against the window. So apologies, listeners, if you hear a bit of background rain, background storm, um, but we're, we're going to power through here. Gee, and apologies if it reaches me over here and puts me to sleep. I have recently, Kevin, I have recently started using a white noise app on my phone to go to sleep and I've chosen a, th- a thunderstorm. And uh, actually, originally one of my friends did it and um, he was endlessly, endlessly taunted and ripped on by the wider friend circle for doing it. And um, we had a weekend away together and we had, we shared a room, two single beds and he put it on and I came in and I went, what the hell is this? I'm not going to sleep with this. And before I knew it, I was out like a light. So um, I'm converted. I'm converted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, I mean, the the going to sleep might've also had something to do with the fact that we were celebrating a 30th birthday party and there may or may not have been a fair bit of red wine. Um, But Nevertheless, I'm attributing it to the white noise. And um, yeah, so Kevin, apologies in advance if this triggers me into a deep sleep. George, I don't know how you fall asleep in a thunderstorm, but <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> it works. I'm sure you've tested this uh, properly with your friend over the weekend. And uh, I do hope it continues to improve your sleep quality. 
Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, it is an unusual trigger, isn't it? And there's actually another trigger that isn't as good for me. And it's been KitKat. I'm reading a whole lot of marketing books and KitKat's marketing department must be very good because they feature in quite a lot of them. And what I found is I've just been going and eating quite a few KitKats. I was driving <laughs> to Wollongong the other day and I never do this, but I just stopped at a servo, went in and bought a couple of KitKats. I just couldn't help myself. Sounds like you need a break, George. Sounds like you need a break. <laughs> oh, very, very good. They actually found, Kevin, that the campaign, um, which I think was a subset of that one with really improved sales, was when they didn't just say have a break, but have a Kit Kat with your coffee. So there's like good alliteration there. And the trigger is every time mm. you sit down and you have a coffee, you think of a Kit Kat. Uh, so it's like a really specific action, which gives you that trigger to remember to have a Kit Kat with your coffee. Uh, very interesting. Very, very interesting. And what does that have to do with today, Kevin? Well, really? Not much. Not much. <laughs> not much. Not much. It's just a nice little tidbit. <laughs> and look, I think there's no way of saving this, Kevin. I'm just going to go into what we're talking about this season on the B2B Playbook. We're talking all about how to be seen as the third B in our five Bs framework, which is, of course, our framework for driving sustainable B2B growth. In our first two seasons, we covered how to deeply understand your customer, how to really start being helpful to build relationships, and now we're showing you how to do it at scale. We said account-based management is a key piece of be seen because we're getting in front of a really targeted set of accounts, and we're going to work with marketing and sales in tandem to go and win them over. We spent the last couple of episodes detailing step-by-step -step how to do ABM. Step one was all about how to de define your target, how to identify who your ideal customer profile should be so you can narrow that subset of accounts that we want to win over with account-based marketing. Uh, step two, last week, that was all about how to then adapt our positioning and messaging so we can really completely align what we're selling with our dream customers so we stand out from our competition. And Kev, this week, we're going to dig into some warm-up plays. And warm-up plays are really campaigns that are going to help generate awareness, to connect with target accounts, to really build relationships with them, to quantify them, to help you see the match between their needs, their goals, and what your product or service offers. That's right, listeners. And do remember and keep in mind as we discuss these warm-up plays, they're really gonna help you get into that ABM, which is all about identifying a segment of high value, high intent customers, and focusing your attention on nurturing and converting that specific group of customers. All right, George, warm-up plays. These are always pretty interesting to discuss and endlessly fascinating. They're almost a, just a sneaky way of getting attention of your ABM target list and get them really into the conversation where you actually start to implement that ABM approach, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's really the way that's going to help you generate awareness and start building relationships with those target customers. As you just said, uh, it's going to help us really identify their needs, their goals. So then when we actually pitch our product or service, we can make sure it's completely aligned with the outcomes that they want to drive with the pain points that they're suffering from. So yeah, it's a great way to build a relationship. So then you can build uh, or create that awesome pitch that perfectly matches their needs. Kev, the first warm-up campaign that we're going to talk about or the first uh, type of warm-up play that we're going to talk about is the podcast play. 
Podcasts are a little bit of a hack, I think, when it comes to all of this. It does so many things really, really well. Podcasts are great, Kev, because everyone likes being on a podcast. Everyone loves the sound of their own voice. Uh, You've always claimed that you're the exception to that rule. I have my doubts. (laughs) But everyone loves a podcast because they love to come on. It's a bit of an ego stroke. And it's an awesome way of getting your dream customer to come on and share some of their pain points uh, in a conversation that might have been very difficult to have with them otherwise. Yeah, George, the things that I really like about the podcast is it is actually a way to have someone's attention for a little longer than you normally would. You're talking with them for maybe 20, 30 minutes before a podcast recording. You're then talking with them through the podcast recording and then probably a little time after as well. And around that in the weeks leading up to and maybe the weeks after, you're interacting with them in different channels as well to make arrangements, to maybe talk about the topics that you want to discuss on the podcast episode. So you really get to know them a lot better than a normal event that you might hold or any other I guess, plays that you might run to try and get into contact with this target audience that you're trying to reach. So that time with them, it just allows the conversations to develop a lot deeper. It's very non-threatening, isn't it? And it actually delivers so much value upfront for them because they're coming on your podcast. They now have a whole lot of content. Uh, you know, it might put them in front of some of your existing listeners, although Kev, we're going to go into this. You don't need to worry about getting a whole lot of listeners, um, particularly if this this niche podcast that you're creating is really, I mean, the main purpose behind it is to start these conversations. So hmm. we don't need to create a podcast that focuses on getting thousands of followers um, that will never convert into paying clients of yours. What we actually want to do is we want to create a podcast that uh, targets a very limited set of people. You're so much better off if you target a a niche vertical and you only have maybe a hundred people subscribing, but I don't want to talk about subscribers that much, Kevin, because that's not really what it's about. You shouldn't actually be measuring your podcast by its downloads or subscribers or followers. You actually want to measure it by the number of meetings with target accounts that it generates. That's what actually really matters. It's not like the B2B playbook. It's not doing what we're doing here where our goal is to help as many B2B marketers as possible. The goal is to generate meetings with target accounts. Listeners, we do have to qualify this. You know, we are talking about a warm-up play here. We are talking about a warm-up campaign. So podcast in the context of it being a warm-up campaign. So it is a little different from people who are doing this for a hobby. But as George said there, if you are employing a podcast as a warm-up campaign and warm-up play in an ABM approach, This is a great way to connect with key decision makers, to get to know their goals, to get to know the pain points and to build that relationship with them or at least start to build that relationship with them. And it's a very non-threatening way to reach out to them, as George said. It's not throwing advertising in their face. It's just getting to know them. And a lot of the times, just that interaction alone and the knowledge you gain from that interaction is worth your while having that play. All right, Kevin, just one more reminder for our listeners. The metrics that we want to focus on is not downloads, it's not subscribers, it's not followers, it's the acceptance and conversion rates. So uh, how often people are accepting your invitation to be on the podcast. That's how we want to measure it. All right, Kev, let's dig into uh, how people can do this. How can our listeners actually go and start up a niche podcast? Well, in some ways, it's just about combining 
that podcast process with the process that we've been talking about in the last couple of episodes about defining your segment and getting your ABM process started. So the first step is defining your segment and also the job role for your podcast. What is it actually trying to do? The second step is to engage with your target people's content on socials, things like LinkedIn. As you start to establish some visibility there through the social channels, the third step is then to ask them to come on the podcast. There's a few ways to do this. Uh, You can ask them through a personalized video, for example, but normally if you've been interacting with their content for a little while on social, they're familiar with you, they know that you're genuine and you're adding value to the conversations that they're starting on social. Just asking is fine and they're probably more than likely going to respond in the positive to come on the show. Fourth step is to warm up the guest for the interview. Uh, This gives you some idea of what to ask during the interview itself as well. Um, So maybe give them some context around how the process will run on the day, uh, maybe some preview of the questions that they will be getting, and maybe even check what they will be comfortable saying or being asked. We want to present their expertise on the podcast. The point is to have them appear as experts and to give value to your listeners. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, It's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. That's exactly right, Kev, is we want to make them look good here, right? We want to make sure that we're asking them things that they're comfortable with. We want to be able to show off their expertise. They come away from it going like, damn, I sounded really good there. That's how we want them to feel at the end of that. But of course, in this warm-up session or this session before the actual interview, uh, we do want to get an idea of some of the goals, some of the challenges as well, uh, if we can, when it comes to their business. Kev, I might just jump in and then go on to step five, which is uh, actually conduct the main interview. And the main interview, again, is really trying to get them to speak to their expertise. And of course, try and be a little bit sneaky here, you know, tease out the challenges that they're actually facing, uh, what they're trying to do to solve those existing challenges. Try and find out what key priorities and initiatives that they have within their organization. I'm sure there are ways that you can try and slot that in into the current conversation that you're having. If it doesn't come in naturally, that's okay, Kev, because then we have step six, which is the post-interview. And it's there in that post interview that you can tease out some more of those things that you might not have got to get into in the main interview, or it just might not have made sense to dig into that in the main interview. That's right, George. You can ask about qualifying questions, pain points, needs, goals. And then after, if the moment is right, you can introduce your own product or service briefly if you feel it could help. Mention that you have case studies that you can share if they're interested. But keep in mind, listeners, that 
you are trying to show off the expertise here. You are also servicing your audience for the podcast. So make sure to balance those things. Step seven is ask for a recommendation if anyone needs your service. Likely your expert guests that you've had on the show, if they're not direct customers or potential customers, they could know a lot of your potential customers. Their own network, their own business and brand and reputation might garner them an audience with your dream customers. So make sure to just ask them if they see anyone that could benefit from your service make sure to have them pass it on if it's convenient. That's it, Kev. If you don't ask, you don't get. So make sure you ask for a recommendation if it really feels right. So then, Kev, step eight is then the whole follow-up after the post-interview. So you want to make sure you send an email saying thank you. You know, manners are very important. They're for free, Kevin. Manners are for free. Make sure we say our thank yous. Uh, Make sure we email them. Let them know when that podcast is live so they can see it, so they can promote it. And then uh, just do something else a little bit nice, like go and leave a a recommendation on their LinkedIn profile. Uh, Something else to just pump up their ties a little bit. Or maybe send them a gift after. I don't know, Kevin. It's all about just, you know, trying to make that person feel good, special, and play on their expertise. The beautiful part about this podcast warm-up play, Kev, is it can really be turned into a process. And that's why we just shared eight steps that you can take to really go and do it. The way that you do it, Kev, you and I love doing things in Google Sheets. It's just so easy. You can share it with everyone. So simple Google Sheet template with exactly how to do this step by step, who's responsible for what can really help document this process. So then you can just work through it again and again and again with each of your key uh, target accounts. So where to begin? Well, set up the podcast. Uh, Kick it off by inviting on a few existing clients from the podcast, ones that fit your ideal customer profile that are already good customers that you have a good working relationship with. Get them on first. Uh, I mean, because that way we're actually going to have some people on the podcast initially who have said yes, and uh, it's probably going to make it a lot easier to get those dream customer accounts, those dream customers on the podcast because they can see, hey, Someone else who looks just like me, who's in a very similar company to me, has been on this podcast. So it must be a good fit. So once you do that, make sure that you're engaging with those target accounts, uh, invite them onto the podcast, and don't forget that follow-up process to really build those relationships. And that is the podcast warm-up play, Kev. That's it, listeners. Uh, It's a great one that we always consider uh, when we're talking about uh, warm-up plays to ABM. Uh, it is important to really treat it as a tool for building relationships. Um, but just keep in mind that building relationships is rewarding in itself. You know, you're there to help those that you're trying to build relationships with. You're there to help your audience that then listens to the expert content that comes out of that. So it's important to keep those things in mind and not focus too much on just the numbers alone, particularly when you start off. At the end of the day, it's another warm-up play for the ABM approach, which is all about building relationships. And that's what makes this whole thing go around. It's building relationships, um, building them online in in a lot of these cases, but um, it's still about relationships. So as much as we talk about turning it into a process, making it repeatable, making it uh, successful in that way with the process, it's still about relationships and you have to keep that in mind. It's not all business at the end of the day when you're really looking to deliver some value for both uh, your audience and your potential customers.
All right, careful. What if podcasts aren't for you? Maybe the industry that you're in doesn't really lend itself to podcasts. Maybe if you're the the marketer in charge, you just don't feel comfortable in that podcast format. Well, we've got the market research warm-up campaign, and it's actually super similar to the podcast warm-up. The goal is the exact same, Kev. We're just doing it to build relationships. So in this case, what we're doing is we're targeting accounts from our ICP, and we're essentially asking members of the buying committee to feature in an industry and market-specific publication. Why are we doing this, Kev? And why does it work? Well, it's the same reasoning that podcasting works. We're going to flatter them. We're going to get a chance to ask them some questions, build a relationship, get some more insights into their goals, their motivations, their pain points. So then at the end of the day, Kev, we can build that really personalized pitch that actually suits them. So the steps they're doing it, Kev, actually aren't that dissimilar to the podcast warm-up play. What we want to do first is we want to reach out and connect with these uh, people on social Uh, We want to interview them for the purpose of the market research report after we connect with them and invite them um, to be a part of this research report. And when we interview them, Kev, we want to ask them questions that give you more insight into their business. So very similar list of questions, again, to what we would ask in uh, the podcast play, that series of questions at the end of our conversation with them. You don't ask, you don't get. Ask them, do you know anyone who might be interested in our services? After we conduct the interview, Kevin, uh, it's important to really continue that relationship past that interview. So do something to show your gratitude, uh, send them a gift, you know, along with a personalized proposal. And Kev, there's just so many benefits to doing this market research play, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, obviously you can, again, have a slightly longer interaction uh, through this method. And so then you can understand what influences the decision-making process a little bit more. It's also a lot easier to run. So with the podcast, there's obviously a bit more logistics involved, whereas uh, running something like this, it's probably a little less of an ask in terms of resources to get it together and to start those conversations. And you can create the same level of expert content that's going to be really valuable to your audience, as well as establishing those relationships to start the ABM process. So you can then distribute that content and use it for awareness creation in itself, but also start that ABM process in one action. And at the end of the day, it's just another great example of content collaboration, um, getting the most out of a collaboration to really lighten the load for everyone involved in terms of producing that expert content. So Kev, it's, look, it's actually not that hard to come up with some angles on market research when it comes to, okay, well, what's this market research report actually going to be about? What's the topic going to be? The easiest one, Kev, is the state of, you know, insert whatever report. You've probably seen it a thousand times. For us, it could be the state of demand generation report. And we go and interview a whole lot of B2B marketers to find out what it is that they're doing in demand generation. But it's still, you know, a secret sneaky way of us getting to know them because it's a warm-up play. But that's a way of doing it, a state of you know, insert whatever report. So you just want to do something that really plays on their ego and gives you relevant information. Yeah, George, I think maybe the ego word has uh, a bit of a bad connotation to it. Um, At the end of the day, we just want to give them the time of day to show their expertise. You know, everyone has some area of expertise, some knowledge that's really worth sharing. And for these people really relevant to your business, they're going to have a lot of knowledge that's relevant to your reader base or your potential customers. So if you're putting out helpful content 
and you get that information from these people who are experts in the field, uh, experts in your industry, then that's just going to work well for everyone involved. Just like the podcast, ask your existing customers, uh, ask your target ICPs and associations that are relevant to the industry for comments. Yeah, the associations are really good ones because they've often already compiled a whole lot of their own original research and they probably just want ways to share that too. So it's a good shout out to the association as well. And of course, gives so much more uh, weight and gravitas to your own report too because now we actually have uh, industry numbers, association numbers in and part of that report. It's all about content collaborations, Kev, isn't it? It's all about that Dream 100. That's it, George. And it does get easier, listeners, once you get one person to say yes, then you have that social proof and it's much more likely to get more yeses off the back of that. So make sure to gather that information via an interview in that market research play. Um, Where you can, do that interview face-to-face or a survey if that doesn't work. Uh, The more interaction, obviously, you have with these people, the better. And just remember that you're trying to understand the pain points, uh, the goals, the priorities, and just getting to know all these key contacts and basically start warming them up for the ABM play. And Kev, I have to mention as well that I love the uh, the industry report, the market research report, because it gives you so much awesome content that you can repurpose on social. And uh, social is a great place to distribute this content. You can use it again and again. You can tag all the contributors as well on social platforms like LinkedIn. And that's an awesome way of not just boosting their own visibility, but boosting your visibility and build so much goodwill between the two parties or between you and all those people and businesses that you've spoken to. And as I always say, George, uh, give them where uh, credit is due. And yeah, it's a great play. Uh, we, We definitely like that one. All right, finally, Kev, the last one. It's not actually one that I've really done myself, but we certainly plan on doing it for the B2B playbook. Uh, we got this one from the Full Funnel guys. You know, we love them. I think they're probably the, the kings of ABM. And this one is a virtual niche event. And hosting one of those is a big warm-up campaign. So that is really just inviting a, a whole lot of people to a virtual event that you host um, that is relevant to your particular niche, to your industry. Of course, you should invite, you know, your best customers. You want to invite the members of the buying committee, the target accounts that you're looking at for ABM. We want to invite thought leaders, you know, people from your Dream 100. As part of it, you know, we now have a whole list of people who can help you promote this event internally. And the idea here is, Kevin, is we want to really build a relationship with our ICPs by either having them as speakers at the virtual event or having them as really engaged audience members. If you do want to engage them as speakers, though, it's important to set up calls with each of the speakers. Ask them if they know someone else who might be great too to include in the agenda or to come to the event itself. Uh, That's an easy way to start growing the events themselves and start growing that guest list. Um, But it's important to then utilize that opportunity once you set up the calls to do what you've done in potentially one of the other warm-up plays is to start developing that relationship with these speakers and to get to know them better because it's likely that they will have great insights into your industry. As part of implementing this play, you should also create an agenda and include your own workshop where you can share more about your own business and give them key takeaways about what they should know about your business and why it's different to your competition. Other things you can do include finding media partners, but make sure to be picky with these. Um, Try and find communities or companies that have your target audience already. Again, people in your dream 100. 
Another example of if you don't ask, you don't get, make sure to talk to your speakers and media partners and ask them to promote the event as well. Create all the digital assets for them in advance if that's easier and make sure that it's easy for them to share the event with the audience. And Kev, I just want to make sure that our listeners don't uh, come away with this thinking that this whole virtual uh, event should all be about them and a pitch for their business. It's absolutely not that. It's bringing together really all the relevant partners in that industry, all the relevant people from your Dream 100 and uh, some you know very complementary businesses too, bring them all in one space to discuss something that's relevant to your ICPs. And as part of it, of course, you do want to share your business, some of the problems that you solve too. Just be tactful about the way that you do it. It might be through a case study. It might be through a particular webinar that you actually host during the virtual event where you really address the pain points of the ICPs who are in attendance. Kev, after the event, it's really important to put all the key sessions particularly your one where you're uh, really holding court and showing off, I guess, how you address pain points. You want to put all of that into what's called a content hub, which is really kind of like a fancy uh, landing page, uh, which I guess is just a nice way of putting together all these relevant resources. And what we do with that content hub, Kev, is we actually send that to each of the people who attended, including our ICPs. And the cool thing about content hubs, Kev, is... Uh, ones like Uberflip, they actually uh, let you know as the person who put together the content hub, what businesses and what people are actually viewing the content hub. So if you look at the analytics from the content hub, you can see that, oh, maybe three or four companies within your ICP have spent 15 or 20 minutes going through your content hub and re-watching some of the key sessions. Well, then you go, oh, wow, okay. They are key companies, key people who are clearly interested in it, in what we're doing, in the case studies that we've included in this content hub. Let's follow up with them. So the key point here, Kevin, is to make sure that you take action off your insights from the content hub. Well, there it is, listeners, a virtual niche event warm-up campaigns. Also another powerful play in the warm-up, uh, I guess, tool bag. Um, it's another way to, to establish those relationships with your potential customers, with people in the industry, with your Dream 100. And like the other plays, it's not just an opportunity to get in front of your experts, to get in front of your ICPs, to get in front of your Dream 100 and develop that relationship with them to warm up to an ABM approach. It's also an opportunity to start to prime them to understand what your business is all about. What is your USP? What do you bring to the table? Listeners, key takeaways from this episode. First, you need to warm up your key accounts to build a relationship with them. This relationship will help you deeply understand their pain points so you can make a better pitch and business case when it comes to implementing your ABM approach. In this episode, we've given you three great ways to do it. These are podcast, market research, and virtual event play. Well done, Kevin. Thank you very much. Listeners, as always, you can find links to everything that we discussed in these show notes. And next week, Kevin and listeners, we're going to look at how to start activating these accounts now that they've been all warmed up. We are so grateful that each week more and more marketers are tuning into the B2B Playbook podcast every Monday morning. And if we can ask just one thing, it's please to leave us a short review on whatever platform it is that you listen on. It's a great help to us or even better, tell someone about it who could really benefit from it. Uh, It's a huge help. We'd really, really appreciate it. Take care and see you next week. Take care, listeners. See you next week. 
A quick note before you go, listeners, you can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.